the Memphis Grizzlies were winners, losers, and whatever it would be called when you earn a draw this past weekend. But it goes beyond the basketball court. From extensions to free agency markets to come from behind wins without most of your best players, we've got you covered on this episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Let's go ahead and lock in. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs help you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. Thanks for joining me. I'm Joe Mullinax, co-host of this wonderful podcast. You'll notice DeMichael Cole not with me this time around. Playing a little bit of podcast tag over the next couple of episodes. We'll be back together as a tandem on Wednesday's episode of Locked On Grizzlies. But I've got you here as you start off your week. Thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen. And it was a busy, 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 busy weekend For the Memphis Grizzlies, you have a lot of inactivity, a lot of energy being spent into hypotheticals and not even necessarily constructive things. And then all of a sudden, the season starts, things get hot and heavy. And that was very much true of the Memphis Grizzlies. So you may have noticed in my uh, my cold open, breaking down the fourth wall, I talk about a win, a loss and a draw. Let's start with the draw because that's the one that's the least fun, right? At least if you're winning or losing, you're in the heat of battle. A tie is not the most enjoyable outcome for most folks, unless you're a soccer fan. But this isn't soccer. This is locked on Grizzlies. This is NBA basketball. And a draw came to be off the floor when it was announced by Adrian Wojnarowski, the Memphis Grizzlies themselves. The franchise, the Memphis Grizzlies and Steven Adams had come to an agreement on a two-year, $25.2 million contract extension that will keep Adams here. Obviously, he was an unrestricted free agent this coming summer, but he will be here beyond two years or two years beyond that now. So he should be here through the summer of 2025, I believe, if my math isn't off, unless he's traded. And that's something that we'll uh, discuss in depth here in a moment. This does not feel like a win. For the Memphis Grizzlies, doesn't necessarily feel like a win for Steven Adams, although it's probably more of a win for him than it is for the franchise. This seems like a a tie. It seems like an organizational decision to invest in Steven Adams at a respectable amount of about, I'm not a math teacher, but 12.6-ish million dollars per year, which is less than what he's currently making. It's a little bit more around maybe what the mid-level exception is or will be when the new TV contract and CBA kicks in. And he is a player who probably aligns with that quality of performance at this stage of his career. It's easy to let the residue from his the stink of his role and his time with the New Orleans Pelicans 
dilute what he did with the Memphis Grizzlies last year. There's no denying he wasn't good with the Pelicans a couple of years ago. It wasn't a good fit with Zion Williamson, wasn't a good fit with those guys. For whatever reason, it didn't work. It works extremely well with the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's an important thing to begin with, not just in terms of the basketball fit, but in terms of the cultural fit. Steven Adams is that guy who is about as easygoing as you can imagine, is as casual a player as you can see in the National Basketball Association. He's a hilarious interview for anybody that has listened to his interviews or been in a media session. You know that very well. And you understand that he is someone who, while he may not seem a fully logical fit with the youth of this team, Stephen Adams is now the oldest player, I believe, on the roster at 28 or 29 years old, aside from Danny Green, of course. Um, The oldest contributing player is Steven Adams. But he doesn't give off that awkward grandpa, why are you here vibe, right? It's not weird Uncle Steven uh, getting drunk at Thanksgiving dinner and making things awkward for everybody. That's not what he's like among these Grizzlies players. He even has a nickname, Aquaman, right? Like he fits what the team is. He fits what the city is. And his personality really enables this signing to perhaps be even better than we anticipate. Because in the long run, it's been discussed by me when I was at grizzlybearblues.com as the site manager for SB Nation's uh, Memphis Grizzlies blog, whether it's been discussed by the Daily Memphian, Commercial Appeal, wherever you get your Grizzlies content, and hopefully you get it from Lockdown Grizzlies first and then everywhere else because everybody does a great job. Stephen Adams has a bridge to an era where Jaron Jackson Jr. is your starting center. That bridge just got a facelift with this contract extension. And that's one of the reasons it's a draw because I think in the long-term health or for the long-term health of this Grizzlies roster financially in terms of what they need to be able to do in the modern NBA to be successful, Jaron should be your five. And I don't know many people that disagree with that in terms of the way Jaron can create for himself off the dribble, his unique skill set. You know, he's called a unicorn for a reason. Not many guys his size can do what he does. And Steven Adams certainly cannot do what Jaron Jackson Jr. can on the defensive end. Can't score the basketball the way that Jaron can when he's healthy and when he's on. But those are two key words there, right? Those are two key phrases. When he's healthy, got to be on the floor to produce. And when he's on, Jaron has become a bit of a an inconsistent scorer in his own right. He was a first-team all-defensive player in the running for defensive player of the year. He deserved that accolade, and he is that impactful, especially when playing the five defensively. But he is not what they need him to be, even on that end when it comes to playing the five and staying out of foul trouble, being a primarily rim protection-driven, focusing on the opposing team's big, not switching as much. He just doesn't fit the scheme of the Grizzlies as well when he is that true five, as he theoretically should at this stage. Steven Adams does. There's no denying that. We have a ton of sample size suggesting that Steven Adams does just that. He played a ton of games last year, 76 games. He played in, uh, he started all but one of those games. He played almost 2,000 minutes. We have seen Steven Adams do what the Grizzlies need him to do in terms of rebounding, In terms of passing, he had his best season as a passer in the professional ranks. Last season with the Memphis Grizzlies, he developed a remarkable 
uh, relationship with Desmond Bain, who we'll talk more about later on in the show. He just was a seamless fit, and he doesn't need to be more than what he is, which is what makes him so perfect for the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies still need more from Jaron Jackson Jr. They still need more from him. They need him to be in a position to dominate basketball games, not just for flashes, not just for the length of a Draymond Green podcast. They need him to be able to do it on an almost nightly basis. He's not there yet, especially not as a five. Steven Adams extends that bridge. Steven Adams continues to rebound, continues to set screens, continues to facilitate offense. And if Jaron accelerates his timeline, and becomes that guy that you need him to be and could be that starting five. He should already be the closing five most nights. Steven Adams might start at the five, but he's going to play 25 or 26 minutes a game. Jaron Jackson Jr. should end the game at the five. But once the time comes where Jaron and Steven can intermingle a little bit and Jaron becomes that starting five and Adams goes to a reserve role, nobody listening to this podcast, if you follow the Memphis Grizzlies over the last 12 months or so, thinks that Stephen Adams would raise a ruckus about that. He would. Stephen Adams would not. He joked going into this season, oh, I'm the starter? That's news to me, mate. That's a terrible uh, Kiwi accent. But you get the gist. Stephen Adams is happy to be playing basketball, and I think he's happy to have found a place where he can compete at a high level because the Memphis Grizzlies do compete at a high level. He's understood. He's appreciated. He knows exactly what his role is, and he's going to continue to do that. Could that spell trouble in the playoffs? Could you argue that Kyle Anderson at this contract amount maybe is a better basketball fit in terms of creation off the dribble? Maybe. But Adams makes John Morant better. Adams makes Desmond Bain better in specific ways on the offensive end through his screen setting, through his passing. I'm not sure you can say the same about Kyle Anderson or DeAnthony Melton if the choice was between those three dudes, kind of surprisingly, I think the Memphis Grizzlies made the right choice. And Adams being in this position is remarkable when you really think about it. It really is impressive when you consider what he has had to do to get to this point, to go from a pariah in New Orleans to an extended guy on a team that's contending for an NBA championship, in theory, in the Memphis Grizzlies. Kudos to Steven Adams. I think he makes this Grizzlies team better. It's good to see him sticking around at least for another couple of years. And if things don't work out or if Jaron accelerates like we talked about, that's a pretty tradable deal heading down the road. Speaking of tradable deals, have you ever thought that you might need to trade in your current deal for a better one? Or maybe you are a person that is hiring and you need to access someone who can improve your bottom line and your deal. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've enjoyed maintaining professional connections with LinkedIn, looking through there, staying in touch with prior employers, prior uh, co-workers, you can do the exact same thing. It is so easy to create a free job post over at LinkedIn Jobs. Then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. These are Then there's simple tools like screening questions that make it easy for you to focus on candidates 
with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Finishing the year strong is so important every year, but especially this one. And the right team member might help you do that. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen every single day. Make sure that you check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview starting October 10th, a six-episode extravaganza that gets you ready for the NBA season. Local team experts and the NBA insiders on the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Starting October 10th, search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mentioned that the first segment was a draw, right? I think the Grizzlies got something from the Steven Adams extension, that extension of the bridge to Jaron eventually being the five, if he's ever the five. And obviously Steven Adams gets a contract extension on a good basketball team that he is comfortable with and uses him about as well as he can possibly be used at this stage of his career. That was the draw. The victory was the literal victory that the Memphis Grizzlies picked up on Saturday night in their preseason debut against the Milwaukee Bucks. It's difficult to take away much from a preseason game where a vast majority of your actual rotation players log minutes, but let's give this a shot. My first takeaway from the Grizzlies and Bucks preseason game is that y'all need to chill out. Regardless of what your personal belief is about a rotation player, regardless of whatever bias that you may have from last season, this season, trades, however things have come to be on this roster, to try to reach a conclusion on any of that, or to even go a step back from that and try to say, here's evidence that I'm right, in one preseason basketball game where John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, they don't play? It's a bold strategy. I'm just trying to be honest with you. I don't know that I would do that. You can. I'm not going to tell you how to be a Memphis Grizzlies fan or a basketball fan in general, but sweeping generalizations from a game that had very little to any meaning at all is risky business, at the very least. I'm just saying, all right? Take a breath. However, if you want to look for continuations of trends or maybe sparks of something new, perhaps that's not as quite, not quite as much of a fool's errand. And coming out of training camp's media day, DeMichael Cole and I, my co-host from the Commercial Appeal, DeMichael had written and others had said, and I agreed, that it sounded like Santi Aldama was the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak when it comes to being the guy that fills in for Jaron Jackson Jr., however long he's out. And watching that game and seeing how things played out, that kind of added up, to be honest with you. It looked like they were trying to give him a chance, whether it was the 29 minutes he logged, he was tied for the, for the most on the team in terms of playing time in this game with uh, Kennedy Chandler, whether it was his shot attempts, which he led the team with, uh, with 13. He was six for 13. He grabbed eight rebounds, four assists, two blocks, 
showing some continuation of that defensive prowess that he showed in summer league. He was a team best plus 17 in his time on the floor, 13 points, eight rebounds. He looked good. You would rather see him make uh, an additional three-point shot than he did. The one for four is a bit concerning. But again, that means he was five for nine on two-point baskets. He was extremely efficient getting to the rim, making opportunities for himself. He fit in the flow of the offense really well. And he did that alongside guys that he'll see playing time with. If he is that guy, Brandon Clark will obviously be in the rotation. John Conchar, Zaire Williams. Those are all actual Grizzlies rotation guys entering the season. Kennedy Chandler is going to spend most of his time in South Haven with the Memphis Hustle. Same thing with Vince Williams Jr. Jake LaRavia probably is the 10th man at best, maybe a little bit behind that. Uh, You have Kenneth Lofton Jr., who we'll talk more about here momentarily, who's going to be in South Haven with the Hustle a lot. So there are guys that don't necessarily figure into the actual meaningful basketball here in a few weeks. But that doesn't take away from what Santi did in terms of building upon what we have seen improvements with going back to summer league. So Santi Aldama continued the good vibe tour, right? He's still the leader in the clubhouse. If anything, he extended that lead. I was excited to see John Conchar take some pull-up threes. I don't know about you guys, but it wasn't the carefully curated uh, craft brewery micro-brew form of a shot that John Conchar would have taken and shout out to Keith Parrish of Fast Break Breakfast for uh, paraphrasing him there. The, the carefully curated looks that Conchar would take where he would wait very patiently until he was wide open or right within a perfect set. And credit to him, he understands how he fit in the offense. Taylor Jenkins is asking him to be more active and he took to that. He was one for four from three, just like Santi. But at the same time, You need to see his usage go up if he's going to be your ninth man. He has to take more shots. He can't have a lower usage rate on the wing than Steven Adams from the prior segment does as a big that sets a bunch of screens and rebounds. Conchar is never going to be asked to be a leading scorer. That's not the point. He has to be respected as an offensive threat. He can't just be a wing who's going to eat the glass and say funny things and be jitty and people love him because he's a cult hero. He needs to be a productive basketball player on both ends of the floor. And we saw greater evidence of that. Again, two steals, two blocks, four stocks, as people like to say. He was active. He did a lot of different things well. And he only played 20 minutes. That's somebody that you really look to and you want to continue to see how he's going to fit, especially once the main rotation guys are actively participating more. Another main takeaway for me, probably the last one, actually, uh, Kenny Lofton Jr. Everybody loves this kid, and that's great. You should love this kid. He's got a great story. He looks like he's going to fit the part of another redemption tale told in the city of Memphis. Whatever gods may be, bless him. He looks like young Zebo, and I think that's a major reason why so many people love him. I'm just going to need you, yes, you, to take a breath and let this kid develop his game. It's okay to be excited about him. I think that he will be another example of this Grizzlies front office taking someone that was pretty clearly good at basketball and for the reasons of his look, his frame, however you want to describe it, teams did not want him. I refuse to believe there were 60 dudes better in this recent NBA draft than Kenneth Lofton Jr. It's not possible. It's not true. 
The Grizzlies didn't overthink it. They took advantage of the system once again. However, that doesn't mean that he should be the starter on opening night. And that doesn't mean that he should supplant one of those first round picks right away after one preseason game and what he did in summer league in the rotation. That is not how this works. It's okay to be excited about that guy. Lofton Jr. looks like another steal. Somebody who could very well be converted to a main roster spot. Killian Tilly doesn't seem to be longed for this Grizzlies world. All right. If something happens there and another domino falls beyond that, Lofton Jr. makes a ton of sense to take that spot. Let the young man breathe. Let him develop. Let's see him do that for a full season down with the Memphis Hustle in South Haven. And by the way, what a blast that team's going to be to watch, right? That's one of the cool things about these five rookies coming in. A lot of those guys, even the first round picks, figure to get some decent playing time down at South Haven. So get some tickets. Uh, I, they're not paying me. This isn't an advertisement. But if I lived in Memphis, I would be going and watching some G League basketball because I think that you're going to see some dudes that are going to be in the rotation in the next year or two getting significant run in the G League this coming season. And Kenny Lofton Jr. is a piece of that puzzle. Don't make him more than what he is. Let him develop and find his fit over time. But it was good to see the Grizzlies win. It was good to see this team not lose a Steven Adams deal. I think it's a combination of a draw. They did take an L this weekend, though, but not in the way that you would imagine. And I'll, I'll get to that here in a moment. But speaking of L's, hopefully if you're a gambler, you didn't take too many losses over the college football and NFL slate this past weekend. Uh, and if you did, you probably didn't make betonline.net your number one source for football betting information, as you should this entire season. And the same thing with the NBA coming up as their season gets underway. Find all of the latest player developments. Find all of the news, stats, any kind of information that you could possibly want about various parts of player development, in-depth articles, analysis on every game at betonline.net. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, MMA, boxing, golf, all of the above. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So where did the loss come in? Where did the L get taken this weekend? The Grizzlies won a game. Yay. They didn't lose uh, Stephen Adams signing. Huzzah. So where was the loss? It was when it was announced that Tyler Hero had inked a four-year, $130 million contract extension. Now, you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself as you listen or watch this on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, you're checking this out. You're saying, Joe, you're an idiot. Tyler Hero does not play for the Memphis Grizzlies. He plays for the Miami Heat. You would be right, dear listener, dear viewer. However, you know who does play for the Memphis Grizzlies? Desmond Bain. And Desmond Bain is going to be up for a similar extension this time next year. And Desmond Bain is a better basketball player than Tyler Hero. That's not really up for debate. That is basically undisputed. Desmond Bain is better than Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero has better points per game numbers, but Tyler Hero plays more minutes per game. 
Tyler Hero takes more shots per game uh, or per 100 positions. He takes 26.1 shots, whereas Desmond, Bakes t- Desmond Bain excuse me, takes 23.2. Desmond Bain contributes to winning at a higher level. Desmond Bain had a plus nine net rating, according to basketballreference.net last season. Tyler Hero had a minus four. Tyler Hero has not logged a positive net rating, according to basketballreference.com, his entire career. Desmond Bain, all he knows is positive impacts on the floor. He brings it on both ends. He is a plus 3.8, at least this past season, he was a plus 3.8 when he was on the floor, whereas Tyler Hero, plus 2.5 when he's on the floor. So Hero had a career year last year and he got paid for it, but he had a career year, was named sixth man of the year, only to get to a comparable plane to Desmond Bain. He's in the same ballpark, but I think Bain is on a base ahead of Tyler Hero. So what does that mean for the Memphis Grizzlies? Why is this a loss? Surely Grizzlies fans should be rejoicing. They have someone in Desmond Bain who could be Clay Thompson 2.0. Money. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to pay him, but that does mean that if Tyler Hero is getting four years, $130 million, Desmond Bain's probably getting at least 150. And that is as of right now, if Bain does not take another leap, if Bain becomes an all-star caliber player, if Bain does indeed win most improved player this coming season, if Bain can find a way alongside John Morant and eventually Jaron Jackson Jr. and the like to get this Grizzlies team to a Western Conference Finals or heaven bred the NBA Finals, there is an avenue, a lane, where Desmond Bain is getting a max contract. Now, I'm not ready to sign that deal just yet. I want to make that clear. And I love Desmond Bain. You follow me on Twitter. You follow my work at GBB. Nobody likes Desmond Bain more than me. I challenge anyone in the comments on Twitter. Tell me, Joe Mullinax right there, at Joe Mullinax, tell me you love Desmond Bain more than me. It's not true. It is a fallacy. It is not accurate. I am a Desmond Bain guy, and I always have been. However. The max seems like a lot in this moment. Not saying that he can't earn it. I'm saying that if Tyler Hero is worth four years, 130 million, the price for Desmond Bain is probably four years, 150 million. And if that does indeed happen, you're continuing to push closer to the luxury tax, which the Memphis Grizzlies, to the best of my knowledge, have never actually paid. Understandably so. Memphis is the smallest market or one of the smallest markets in the entire National Basketball Association and all of professional sports. It would be a challenge to pay the luxury tax and expect a return on your investment, at least in terms of dollars and cents. But thankfully, Robert Pera, according to Forbes, has recently been named the fourth most wealthy owner in all of sports. I think his projected net worth is over $17 billion right now. Mr. Para may not care so much about the luxury tax, not as much as previous ownership, not as much as previous front offices and all the folks that were responsible for bringing the Grizzlies to Memphis from Vancouver. It's very possible that this Grizzlies team will be comfortable paying the luxury tax in the next year or two as they contend for NBA championships. I would even say it's probable at this point. But how large will those payments be? How willing will Para be to be a repeat payer. This is going to be different from Golden State. There is no built-in 
outsized California fan base here that can get filled in. The Memphis Grizzlies could become a larger franchise and organization, sure, in terms of fan support, but it doesn't have the same ceiling that a place like Golden State did. So you can't apply that model the same way. It would almost certainly be eating dozens and dozens of millions of dollars eventually if you became a repeat taxpayer. So what will that look like? The better Desmond Bain plays, the better it is for the Memphis Grizzlies on the floor. But the cap sheet is going to get tighter. And now you're talking about Brandon Clark extensions. If Brandon, if Stephen Adams is getting the amount of money that he did from the Grizzlies, Brandon Clark's getting more late, folks. He's getting more. He is getting more than what Stephen Adams did. Dylan Brooks should be licking his chops seeing what Tyler Hero just made. Tyler Hero is better than Dylan Brooks, but not by much. So is the market for Dylan Brooks similar to what the market was for Jaron Jackson Jr.? And if you're seriously considering giving Dylan Brooks $100 million over four years, now you've got a tough question to answer. you got to start making some tough decisions, and that might be the loss. Desmond Bain's going to get paid, and he's going to get paid by the Memphis Grizzlies. Don't worry about that. But what that means in the long run, as the market shifts, thanks to this new CBA that'll be coming up here in the next year or two, that bears watching. That certainly bears watching. Desmond Bain, nobody's happier in the NBA for Tyler Hero than Desmond Bain because Desmond Bain figures to be in that mix. And how that all fits a year from now depends on Desmond Bain. It'll be on him to take that leap. But the good news for Bain, he's done it throughout his basketball career. He just has to do it one more time. and generational wealth is around the corner tomorrow's show will feature DeMichael Cole catching you up on the latest items from Grizzlies training camp make sure you continue to check out Locked On Grizzlies and make it your first listen every day now go make your second listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Josh Lloyd love Josh he hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet it is free and available wherever you get podcasts wins losses draws this past weekend had it all for the Memphis Grizzlies. Hopefully you won the start of your day by making Lockdown Grizzlies a part of your Grizzlies fan experience. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Joe Molinax. Until next time, stay locked in, Grizzlies fans. You're listening to Lockdown Grizzlies.